technically the rules say dogs can't play. Wait, no, no. There's nothing in the rule book that says dogs can't play. Yeah, that's what I just said. Check the check the tapes. We'll check the tapes. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Oh no. I know it's available, but why? There's so many other things available. First of all, it's artisanal, okay? I don't want to hear it. One of your hosts spent nine hours this week watching the Godfather series to atone for his <laughs> sins. <laughs> what are you? doing so stupid of you so stupid of all of you handsome drew did as well are you drew with the you obviously he's drew with the you okay my handsome drew. <laughs> i don't spell it's my name with a u what are you talking about <sighs> what's wrong with you i'm so angry at everyone here oh i was not listening <laughs> <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening this is not the podcast you deserve Welcome to this week on Not the Podcast You Deserve. This week we're gearing up for Oscar season, so we are releasing the first ever Not the Oscars You Deserve episode, where we, your three hosts, me being Kyle, Drew with you. That's me over here. And Drew Crawford. It's Handsome Drew, and tonight I am wearing, uh, I don't know, I didn't have anything. I'm wearing a, a hoodie. I don't know. I was trying to do a it's red a carpet beautiful thing. I was on a roll. Gown and, and dress. It's Crawford, a handsome Drew is wearing a dress. It's beautiful. It's flowing. It accentuates his figure. Who are you wearing? Is it, it is Prada? <laughs> yes. I don't know anything other than Prada, so I, I, was, I really hope you said yes. This is Mark Jacobs, and it accentuates me in all oh. the right places. Gotcha. Uh, I'm wearing Marvel t-shirt that says father, but it spells it out with the Marvel characters um, stuff. Uh, And we, and not the podcast you deserve, decided we were going to do our own Oscar episode because the Oscars is dumb and Power of the Dog shouldn't win all the (laughs) awards, but it's going to anyways. So we might as well get a chance to vote on what we thought was best picture and best actor and actress Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So we all compiled a list of our favorite movies and our favorite performances, and then we voted on them. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason to uh, to to play this out any longer than we have. Uh, so we're gonna jump right in. And the first one that we voted on was the best TV show or limited series Ooh. from 2021. Mm-hmm. We have one, two, three, four. We have five nominations for this category. Uh, Succession, starring Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox, and a bunch of other people that Drew Crawford doesn't know because he won't watch the show. That's right. WandaVision, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Invincible, created by Robert Kirkman, starring J.K. Simmons and Steven Yeun. I probably didn't say that right. I really <laughs> like him, though. I wish I knew how to say his name because he's awesome. Ted Lasso, starring Jason Sudeikis and a bunch of people nobody cares about. And Squid Game, <laughs> starring a bunch of people whose names I can't pronounce. Um, do you guys want to take a Do you guys want to take a guess or a bet? Well, let me ask you this: Is there one of those that you just really wanted to talk about that you're like, man, stand on the table for this one? I don't know if I really want to talk about it so much as like I'm pretty offended that you would assume I don't care about the entire cast of Ted Lasso. Absolutely, I am so invested in their <laughs> lives, like they mean so much to me. They got me through COVID. They are a light and a just a joy they're so they're so fun they look like they have so much fun whenever they're around each other they're so supportive and it makes me happy to watch them and i may hey do i know their names no no do i know anything about their lives no but do i care about them 
A hundred percent, yes. When when they show up <laughs> in the post credit scene of Spider-Man No Way Home, do I yell out in the theater, football is life? Yes. You better believe that that happened to me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, these are all really good ones, guys. And some that just barely missed the cut for being nominated. Mythic Quest, The White Lotus, Loki, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Get Back. Wow. Um, tough, so this is a really year. strong... Tough mm, year. This is a really. tough year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the winner should feel good about themselves for creating a great show. And the winner of the first, not the Oscar you deserve, goes to Invincible, created by what? Robert Kirkman, J.K. Simmons, wow. Stephen Yeun. Wow. And I don't know if I've told you all this story or not, but when I first turned on Invincible, and I like halfway through the first episode, I was like, I hate this. I'm turning this off. This is just the <laughs> Justice League, but done poorly. And then at the end of the first episode... I I was beside myself. I was beside myself because it was so good. It was so shocking. I didn't see any of it coming. And I had to immediately... I was so pissed that I couldn't go to episode two because they were released every week. I was so mad that I couldn't go and watch another one. So I think that was the biggest surprise for me Listen, uh, for 2021. I totally understand it winning. It's a tough year for limited shows. I know Oscars are more movie-centric, but this is our dadgum Oscars, so... If you got a complaint, this is more like the Golden Globes. <laughs> this is this is our one, you know, take of the Golden Globes, and I, I appreciate that we slide it in here. Don't turn off your your podcast or anything. Like it's about to go to a bunch of movies, so don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just wanted to slide in, a, you know, something that we all watch. And if you haven't watched Invincible, you totally should because I truly believe this is the best show that's come out in five years. Uh, I thought it was pretty original. Taking a storyline that, like, you know, we're familiar with, with a dad trying to, or like a son and a father trying to, like, figure out how to relate to each other. It also takes common themes of superhero movies and superhero stuff that is very prevalent in our culture today and subverts a lot of that uh, and makes the superhero the bad guy. And I, I loved it. The voice actors in it are phenomenal. It's very, very mm. funny. Uh, and it's also reminiscent and nostalgic to me of like growing up on a Saturday morning and like turning on your favorite cartoon, except now it's a Friday night yep. and it's pretty graphic. <laughs> and they're, they're gonna get and that guy just punched out a heart. <laughs> yeah, and when I say pretty graphic, I mean very graphic. Uh, very graphic. But like it's that a graphic novel. That that is one of the best shows that's come out in the last several years, uh, and I couldn't agree more with this award. Thank you so much. I'm very thankful to the Academy. Uh, it's also starring Zazie Beetz and Sandra Oh, I believe. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're great. And we'll hear one of those names again Ooh. later on in the episode. Nice tease. So moving nice on tease. from Best TV Show and Limited Series of 2021, we go to Best Animated Movie of 2021. And there were five nominations here. Uh, the Mitchells vs. the Machines, Raya in the Last Dragon, Encanto, Injustice, and Luca, and I find it really funny that four of these fives are like that hit kids movie that came out for like a month at a time alongside Injustice, which is an R-rated cartoon <laughs> that was straight to HBO Max streaming, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what if I told you guys, and we talked a little about the Mitchells versus the Machines in the last episode, <laughs> what if I told you that Danny McBride... Maya Rudolph, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Blake Griffin, 
and Conan O'Brien were all in a movie together, what would you say? It's got to be Valentine's Day, right? Am I right? Like, Am I close? They're like crude. They're like crude's five. <laughs> Or like the winner for the 2021, right. not the Oscars you deserve, best animated movie of the year. Goes to the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. And I said it in the last episode, and I will say it again. This is the best animated movie that's come out since Frozen 2. Or since Wally, depending on uh. which <laughs> side of that aisle you land on. Next category on not the Oscars you deserve is best supporting actress. And... You know, really going back and creating these nominations and, and looking at you guys' recommendations, there were so many great performances, lots of really strong female characters um, in 2021, and it was really tough to get this list down. Mm-hmm. There are three that just missed the cut uh, for nominations. They were Tony Collette from Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see Nightmare Alley, by the way? Have y'all caught that yet? I have uh, not. I have not. I probably will before our next podcast, which doesn't make sense because this is our Oscars one, but it just wasn't in the cards this week. When I was looking at y'all's rankings, I was like, they didn't see this movie. Because I think that that it would have gotten some more buzz. Yeah. Um, Regina King from The Harder They Fall just missed it. Mm. And Marissa Tomei from Spider-Man No Way Home also just missed the cut Mm -hmm. for Best Supporting Actress this year. But there are some great ones that made the cut, starting with Kate Blanchett twice- uh, once for her role in Nightmare Alley, and she's terrifying in Nightmare Alley. Uh, and then once for her role in Don't Look Up, and she's the worst in Don't Look Up. <laughs> so I really feel like she got uh, she got to show her range in <laughs> yeah. 2021 for sure. Uh, Meryl Streep, also nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Don't Let's Look go. Up. Street. As the President of the United States, who's crazy. Um, Florence Pugh for Black Widow. <laughs> Ariana DeBose for... From West Side Story. I'm pretty sure I said that right. I may not have. Uh, but she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Anya Taylor-Joy for Last Night in Soho. Oh, we got a lot. Um, those, yeah, those are the one, two, three, four. Those are the six nominations for Best Supporting Actress. And the Not the Oscar You Deserve goes to Florence Pugh, Black wow. Widow. Wow, and wow, I'm, wow. And I'll be real with you guys. I didn't see this coming. One thing I thought was interesting... All three of us voted for a different person mm-hmm. as the best supporting actress um, in a film, which I thought was interesting. It was kind of all over the map. Um, mm-hmm. But Florence Pugh edged out the rest of the competition. And I think this is why I like this idea of just three movie buffs doing a uh, an award ceremony. Because we don't care <laughs> that it wasn't a Shakespearean adaptation <laughs> or that it wasn't a biopic or that she didn't pee in a bucket in this movie. She just made us laugh, and she was intriguing, and every time she was on the screen, she stole the show, and if that doesn't define Best Supporting Actress, I don't know what does, and I don't want to know if it does. So, I I totally agree with you. I love this award. Uh, I think this was my number one vote, so, like, I'm for sure in favor of it, but... uh, uh, The only reason I hesitated on it was because I don't know the definition of supporting actress. Like, are they there truly to support the main character and to, like, push that character forward? And, like, if you win this award because you're the best, like, side character? Because she is a side character, but she steals the show, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, every time she's on screen, I care way more about what she's doing than I do about what uh, ScarJo's doing. And... It almost like she's trying to steal 
best lead actress, but she just isn't the lead actress. <laughs> so in that sense, she didn't do a good job supporting the main actress, uh, but she did a great job being the best side character ever. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought she was phenomenal. She was funny. She was dynamic. Uh, and she carried it over into television as well. Uh, I'm very excited mm. to see what continues to happen with that character and with Florence Pugh in the future. I'm here for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> there it is. I knew that one of you had that in your bag. Yes, there you go. <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate that that's the first time I've heard that. And it's the funniest thing I've heard today. <laughs> that's really tough to hear. Uh, yeah, man, Florence Pugh, congratulations on your first ever not the Oscar you deserve uh, win. We're proud of you, Florence. We're looking forward to seeing you do more things. Tell, uh, tell Zach Braff we said hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, next, uh, the next category is Best Supporting Actor. Um, in this category, we have six nominations <laughs> that are all very different. <laughs> and I'll just let you decide how different they are. Starting with Lakeith Stanfield in The Harder They Fall. Mm, nice. Followed shortly by Adam Driver from The Last Duel. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow, okay. Oscar Isaac in Dune. Jonah Hill in Don't Look Up. And Idris Elba from The Harder They Fall. Wow. Big key here is The Harder They Fall got two mm-hmm. uh, nominated for this. And that's how good that movie is. That's a great movie. And this actually, this Oscar, this, uh, this winner... We're going to have to talk it out because there was a tie. Oh. There was a tie between Jonah Hill for Don't Look Up and Lakeith Stanfield for The Harder They Fall. Wow, this is going to um, be tough. Mm. Yeah, so what what I'm going to pitch to you guys is uh, not only was Lakeith Stanfield stealing the show every time he was on the screen in The Harder They Fall, but also his, his line delivery throughout the whole movie is just so incredible, mm-hmm. and I I think he's a I think he's a bigger part of that movie and why that movie is good than Jonah Hill was and Don't Look Up and why Don't Look Up was good. Mm-hmm. So I will let you two guys. My vote is for Lakeith Stanfield. I will let you two guys talk out who should take home the not the Oscar you deserve. So I assume we're going uh, majority votes two to one. Um, yeah, like I I do think supporting actor and actress is kind of the hardest one to vote for because like Crawford said it's like do you do you give props for you know p- filling your role perfectly and just you know being a supporting and building growing the movie or do you give props for being able to steal a show from the sidelines like you have a small part but there are no small parts and you acted like to the nines every single day and you are so interesting that like it's almost more your movie than the lead actor's movie sometimes and what also makes this super difficult that I've never had to think before other than now when I'm having to vote for my opinion on best is we have Jonah Hill being the most comedic mm-hmm. like uh, character in the movie versus Lakeith Stanfield who is arguably like kind of the most sinister character in the movie. You couldn't get very many opposite, more yeah. opposite in terms right? of the uh, character they played. Yeah. Right. And I, I love both of these actors. I think they do a phenomenal job. Like, and, and like kind of for different reasons, but kind of not like they're both super charming. Like they're both good comedic reliefs, but I think Lakeith Stanfield shows a little bit more range because he's charming while also being unlikable in The Harder They Fall, which I think is really tough to do. I think Jonah Hill's character is pretty unlikable. 
To, right. to be clear, Lakeith Stanfield showed way more range than Jonah yes, Hill did yes, because yeah. Jonah Hill was just the a-hole the whole time in the movie, right. which is fun and it was enjoyable, but that's not range. That's He was very one note. I, I feel like I'm losing people. So I, I, my vote's going to go to Lakeith Stanfield as well. Crawford, would you like wow. to weigh in? I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't want to give you some time to talk. I apologize. I think Kyle hit the nail on the head when he said uh, that Jonah, Jonah Hill's character was kind of one note. Like, he was very funny and he was very uh, quotable. And honestly, his character was the one I heard people talk about more after seeing that movie. They were like, Oh, did you see? Don't look up. It was pretty good. Jonas Hill's character was amazing. Uh, <laughs> whereas I saw people, you know, see uh, the harder they fall. And they're like, Oh, did you see it? It was really good. So and so was amazing. So and so was amazing, and Lakeith Stanfield was in it, and he was really good. <laughs> uh, and I think it's a testament to the fact that, and I'm kind of going back a little bit on what I said on the last uh, category, where Lakeith Stanfield was not the standout actor or the first person you probably said when you saw that movie, but his character to me is the most dynamic. Uh, I thought that he did a really good job of being funny, but subtly, uh, being mm-hmm. charismatic and being also sinister and like almost more the bad guy than Idris Elba. Uh, mm-hmm. you definitely had, you hated him more than you hated Idris. I, is it Idris or Idris? I've always said Idris. I say Idris, but I don't know. I hope he comes on the podcast and like tells us how to say his name. Um, I'm racking my brain for a third way to pronounce his name so that we can uh, all... But I, I, for that reason, now that we're talking about it here together, I'm also going to vote Lakia Stanfield, and like it's going to be a clean sweep. Yeah. Clean sweep, wow. He deserved it. Clean sweep, whereas 30 minutes ago it was not a no. clean sweep. That's amazing. That's amazing. Lakia Stanfield, congratulations on your Not the Oscars You Deserve. Please email us at ntpydpodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at NTPYD Podcast to get your mailing info. We will send you the trophy in the mail this weekend. Appreciate you for listening. Um, from Best Supporting Actor, we go to Best Lead Actress in a Movie. Uh, there are some powerhouses here, so let's just get straight to it. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence in Don't Look Up. Rachel Ziegler, I think is how you say her name, from West Side Story, but she's also 19, so <laughs> I don't I, there's no way of knowing how to say her name unless you're her English teacher. <laughs> Jodie Comer from The Last Duel. Rebecca Ferguson from Dune. Lady Gaga from House of Gucci. Zendaya from Malcolm and Marie. Guys, she's so good in that movie. I need you guys to watch that movie. Uh, Zazie Beats in The Harder They Fall. And Amelia Jones from Coda. I would like to point out that in the voting for this category, only there, there were eight actresses were voted on, either first, second, or third place. Um, and only one of them got two vo- or a vote from two people, oh. um, which I think shows you the range and how many great performances there mm. were mm. Um, this past year. Um, also, I gotta, just got to point out, y'all got to see Malcolm and Marie, not because it's a good movie, but because Zendaya is like great in it, and it's mm. also terribly heart-wrenching. That being said, the winner of this year's Not the Oscar You Deserve goes to Zazie Beetz. From the harder they fall, back to back wins for the harder wow. they fall. Congratulations to the uh, to the cast and crew of the movie, and uh, we're thanking the Academy for you. 
this weekend because you will not be thanking the Academy on the stage at the Oscars. I don't mm. think in a couple of weeks did they did it get? I don't think it got nominated for anything. I think we already talked about that. Didn't I'm we? not sure. Yes. yes, it was up yeah. for like an original song, but it didn't end up making it into the final. That's, that's really tough. Ugh. And I thought I know that Regina King was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress earlier, uh, but or was in the contention, but. I thought Zessie Beetz's character in this movie was way more dynamic than Regina King's, and I was very interested to see her uh, do the the love life with the main character, as well as you know, mm-hmm. own successful woman with her own business and out there in the West and be strong and be tough. And I don't know, I thought she was really interesting to watch. Yeah, she played both sides of the coin throughout that movie, where she was sweet and romantic then she was tough and she was angry then she was damsel in distress then she was kicking butt and taking names like she 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 showed off the full gamut there um so i'm glad that she won i'm glad that she won her not the oscar she deserved but she did deserve she did it. deserve it Why do we deserve it <laughs> we know. didn't deserve her uh <laughs> no we don't that's true uh next category is for best lead actor in a movie and we have six Nominations, at least six actors pulled a vote. Starting with Daniel Craig from No Time to Die, Bradley Cooper from Nightmare Alley, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom, Jonathan Majors, The Harder They Fall, Tom Holland, Spider Man, No Way Home, and Will Smith from King Richard. And uh, these are all really fantastic performances. The only one I have not seen, I have not seen Daniel Craig in No Time to Die. Um, but I imagine, if I had to guess, he was very British and very brash, and he probably drank a martini at some point. Like two, two or three of those correct there, Crawford. No, did you, I mean, yeah. I mean, you sure. you said you hadn't watched the movie, or <laughs> how did you know what he did if you haven't seen the movie? Uh, yeah, I don't know how that one got on this list. It beat out Bo Burnham's performance in Inside. It beat out Ben Platt's performance in Dear Evan Hansen beat out Leo for Don't Look Up. And the dark horse that I really thought was going to make it on here was Bob Odenkirk from Nobody. <laughs> um, but it did not receive enough votes. Also, Denzel Washington from The Tragedy of Macbeth did not receive enough votes. Um, and I had actually nominated Denzel and his son, John David Washington, uh, who is Zendaya's counterpart in Malcolm and Marie. And they're both really good in it. All of that to say, those people didn't win the Oscar, or the not the Oscar they deserved. This guy did... Give it up for Andrew Garfield from yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Winning Good. his first ever not the Oscar you deserve. Uh, his performance in that movie is incredible. It is the only, out of all the categories and all of the people we talk about uh, in this podcast, this is the only category where all three of us said, this guy is the best, one, 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 all the way across the board. And wow. I think it's well-deserved. Now... Will it beat out Benedict Cumberbatch making love to a handkerchief for seven minutes at the real Oscars? I don't know. I'm going to say probably not. And that's why this is an important show for us to put on. <laughs> this is the show for our generation telling the truth the Oscars won't tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, Andrew Garfield did a very, very good job of being uh, true to the character Jonathan Larson created as well as the person Jonathan Larson was as he was creating this character. Mm. Uh, and I, I think that's very interesting. Um, it, 
this was another Lin-Manuel Miranda movie, which mm-hmm. I have been kind of critical of his music in the past, where it's like, oh, he did some stuff that was like really good, and then it was like pretty repetitive. Uh, but this, <laughs> I thought, was really, really well done, and you could see that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's appreciation for live theater and, and music, mm-hmm. and I thought Andrew Garfield did a great job of being um, quirky, fun, caring, and I don't know. I I like teared up at several times in this movie due to his yeah. performance. Uh, Drew Allen, I don't know how you felt about it. No, I, I I completely agree. I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable performance and a movie that dealt with some heavy stuff. Like, and there are some times where it was you know some tough movies. They go through some tough times, and I you I think the Oscars puts a lot of weight. I said this in our Oscar pod. They put a, a lot of weight on. It's it's art, so it's got to be tough to watch sometimes. Like you got to take your medicine, you know, and look at the world as it really is. And I think this movie does a good job of like doing that while also making a you know it's a musical, so it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. But it it goes to those levels of like tough stuff to deal with, but it it's, doesn't make it an unenjoyable experience. Like I would love to watch Tick Tick Boom again. It it's it's got enough heart and I, I agree with you exactly right it's clear that the director cared about this character and then Andrew Garfield really does embody that feels like he embodies that character super well you know I never thought about this until you just had that uh, little quip about Lin-Manuel Miranda's songs getting repetitive out of all the movies and performances of his that I've seen it is like three-fourths of the way through the movie I'm just like beaten I'm just like, please, like, please end this, or like, please give me something else. It's really, I, and I never thought about that, but like, I remember being like two hours into Hamilton and like pausing and being like, please, God, tell me this is close to over. And I really liked Hamilton, but it's just, it's a lot. And the same thing with uh, Moana, like three fourths of the way through Moana, I'm like, I can't, I can't do another song with the giant crab thing. Like, I just, I won't do it. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting point. I like that. Um, and then uh, going on to, so for the last category of the night, the uh, the big kahuna, best picture of 2021. And guys, there are so many good movies. It's it's funny because while we were putting this list together, I kept being like, oh my gosh, this movie also came out in 2021. Oh my gosh, this movie also came out in 2021. And I think it's largely probably because it was a really weird year. Movies got pushed. Black Widow was supposed to come out in 2002 and ended up coming out in 2021. Uh, although I'm sure that happened to a bunch of other ones, you know, where No Time to Die was, you know, being marketed for, I felt like, four years. And it was just yeah. like, I feel like everybody kind of dumped movies into 2021. Because yeah. it was really, really hard to, uh, to it's really, really hard uh, to to whittle this down mm-hmm. um, to, to just three choices from each of us. Um, some that missed uh, the cut for being officially nominated... Uh, last Night in Soho from Edgar Wright, I think, is a phenomenal film. And I think we were talking last week about how, you know, 10 years, we should do a retroactive Oscar where 10 years later, mm-hmm. we look back and say, no, this one changed the game and this is the one that stuck. I feel like Last Night in Soho is one of those that it's going to take a little time, but people are going to look back and be like, that's a classic horror movie mm. that did something cool and did something original. And I think that we'll be watching it for a long time. Yeah. The Last Duel by Ridley Scott, I really yeah. loved it. I get. A lot of most people didn't. I think they're wrong. I think I'm right. Um, that was the one I was most surprised did not get more Oscar noms because it seems like Oscar bait material. Like 
a really yeah. interesting period piece about some some drama, you know, yeah. and like I, it, I don't know, I don't kind know. of different storylines coming yeah. together. Ben Affleck with blonde Matt facial David. hair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they were all, all the pieces were there. Plus, Adam Driver is great in that too. Yeah, Jodie Comer was awesome in it. Uh, anyways, long story short, I think you should go watch The Last Duel and then tell me, Kyle, you're wrong. The movie sucks because. When I watched it, I was like, I don't get what everybody's problem was with this movie. It's really good. Um, one, one quick thing I want to say about that that I just kind of put together while we were talking was I feel like classic Oscar bait is being able to end your synopsis with plus Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, West Side Story didn't make the cut either. I think we really all, we the, me and Drew talked about that last episode. We watched it. We Thought it was good, but did not enjoy it a whole lot. Or at least I didn't. Um, Justice League Snyder Cut didn't make the cut. No pun intended. Nobody missed out, which I really liked nobody. Uh, I did Crawford, too. you missed this uh, a couple weeks ago when you were gone. I had the audacity to say this because I knew you weren't going to call me on it, but I think nobody might be better than John Wick. Shut it's- your mouth. I knew where you were going with that the moment you mentioned my name with nobody. <laughs> nobody is a poor man's John Wick. And I I love Bob Odenkirk in that movie. I think he does great at being suburban John Wick, but he is not John Wick. All right, all right. Teach their own. Teach their own. But for the seven movies that did get nominated, I wish I could nominate John Wick. I wish I could nominate John Wick for this category. I'd like to retroactively nominate John Wick two for this category. I don't know if it counts or not. You cannot. You cannot do that. All right. All right. Fine. Tell me who the second place winner is. Uh, nominations for Best Picture 2021, not the Oscars you deserve. Inside, directed by Bo Burnham, starring Bo Burnham, produced by Bo Burnham, edited by Bo Burnham. The Harder They Fall, directed by James Samuel. Tick, Tick, Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay. Spider-Man, No Way Home, directed by John Watts. And The Green Knight, directed by David Lowry. And... Those are some awesome movies, and it's yeah. really sad that some of them have to lose. And, it, and it's a full gambit. Uh, like, you're getting a, a pretty wide range there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you sure are. And uh, I can tell you one thing. If I know one thing for certain, this movie is not going to win Best Picture at the Oscars coming up this in a couple weeks. But here at Not the Podcast You Deserve, we decided... That Inside by Bo Burnham is the best movie of 2021. Uh, and Heck yeah. I, uh, I love that movie. I actually watched it again a couple weeks ago just to be like, was it as good as I thought it was? And it's ridiculous now, looking at this list, seeing them all side by side, that a one-man show, comedy musical show, beats out the best Western in the last 10 years, one of the best movie musicals of all time, uh, some great satire and one of the biggest Marvel movies, and and we're, we voted for Inside by Bo Burnham, which I think shows we are not super biased. We see something that's great and we believe in it and we vote for it. Um, but if you have not seen Inside by Bo Burnham, it was released directly to streaming. Um, kind of maybe maybe seven, maybe Crawford helped me out here. It was a year into the pandemic, probably, and. Yeah, I think I think it was like mid twenty twenty one, or maybe like spring twenty twenty one. Yeah, 
And it follows one guy, Bo Burnham, who's a comedian who's got a lot of great specials on Netflix that are a lot of fun. He's very smart uh, and very funny. And it follows him as he slowly, it follows him through the pandemic as he's creating this, uh, this one-man show. And you see him slowly start to lose his mind and go further and further into insanity as he's cooped up into his house. And I was thinking about this the other day. How am I going to explain 2020 to my daughter when she is old enough to kind of understand? Um, my daughter was born in February of 2020, I think two weeks before everything shut down. Um, so she thankfully will not remember anything about quarantine life. But I don't know how I'm going to explain to her and for her to really like understand what we went through during that time and, and what it was like, not just physically, but also like what happens to your psyche when you're stuck inside all the time for a year. Mm. Um, but And I think Bo Burnham's inside is like the best way of doing that because it, it you get a chance to go hand in hand with a man as he loses sanity in the funniest way possible. And I can show this to my daughter when she's 21 and I don't care about her hearing the F word uh, sung in various different ways. Uh, but in showing and be like, this is kind of what it was like your first year on the planet, except it wasn't anywhere near this funny. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. just sad. We weren't laughing this much. Imagine a world where you turned 30 and <laughs> you can't go outside <laughs> yep. for a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is so much to be said about a one-man show like you said it Kyle like the the Oscar like it may not get the buzz it deserves from the Oscars but the, the fact that he produced he filmed he wrote he I don't know what the musical term is for writing the musical notes is there like composing composed it all himself like that is insane to think about while also in a pandemic all on your own like and I think, I think maybe to even further this more, but um, maybe a deep dive. If you've seen it multiple times, you might have caught this or, or not. I don't know. But you, you see his hair growing out and his beard growing out as he's getting crazier and crazier and more depressed and more depressed. And his songs are getting darker and sadder. And then it kind of ends with him like freaking out and throwing the camera on the ground and being like, I'm done. But then it cuts to a shot of a clean cut, um, you know, a little kind of scraggly Bo Burnham walking in to do a film, to do a recording, and he's saying, I think this is how I'm going to end this show, probably the last song. Um, and so you can tell this was filmed before everything, um, all of, before the rest of the show, and it was him trying out the last so song, which is a melody of three or four different songs that he plays throughout, which to me, as a viewer, means he had planned all of those songs, he had written all of those songs, he had written out, I'm going to show myself going into an incredible decline, a state of decline, um, mentally and physically. And that, to me, makes that perfect. It, he perfectly encapsulated what it was like during quarantine and made it funny. He made it heartwarming. Uh, and he made it fun, but also he he showed you the de-evolution the de of a man, essentially, yeah. uh, in one room. And But he planned it. At least I, that's how I took that last scene was... I've planned out that I'm going to show you me losing my mind, um, which makes it even, makes makes it that much more incredible to me. Yeah, and I, man, there's been so many great things said about this, so I'll try to be brief. But I, I think this is definitely the best picture of 2021, right? Like, uh, yes. and I want to be clear about, yeah, best picture of the year, but best picture of 
this particular year uh, for all the reasons that you talked about mm-hmm. previously. But uh, it, he himself, as a person, I know, like dealt with depression and walked away from his career at you know in 2015, 2016, and didn't and was finally getting back to the point of like I'm gonna go back out on the road and like I'm gonna start performing again, and then the pandemic hit. And he was able to take that creative juice and turn it into something that not only uh, was a reflection of maybe something he had been feeling for the last several years, but something that all of us were starting to feel as a society for the most part Mm -hmm. and make it dynamic, make it funny, make it, uh, I don't know, intoxicating to where like people were listening to the songs just on repeat with no context for the jokes outside Mm -hmm. of like what was going on but just well done catchy music and then if you just watch the movie itself his attention to detail of lighting uh and cuts Mm -hmm. uh, when he plays welcome to the internet and is moving his head back and forth to the different camera angles without breaking uh the piano he had to film that so many different times because Mm -hmm. he's the only one there and if you look at one camera angle you can't see the other camera meaning he had to do that multiple times multiple takes setting all this stuff up himself and i think that added to it for me was just knowing that he did the. it was truly the best picture of 2021 because it was one guy doing everything on his own and it was almost a movement like everybody was talking about it even the people that didn't know his comedy, even the people that didn't really know like what it was about, everybody was talking about this movie for about three months. And then to on that on that same kind of note of being the best movie of twenty twenty one, I think if this had been five years from now and all these movies came out, the harder they fall kicks his movies, but sure easily. Or Tick Tick Boom wins easily. Or even Spider Man No Way Home, don't look up. But because this was this came out at the very tail end of this terrible thing we all went through and lived through and then we got to have that little bit of it back truly incredible is it a better film than the harder they fall absolutely not but was it perfect for this time absolutely it was Uh, and then i also don't think anybody else that i know that i can think of could pull off a one-man show like that like ryan reynolds is the closest i think you could get (laughs) to someone being able to be like here's me on a screen for two hours let's go like and I only know that because of Buried, where he basically does that, but yeah. under very different circumstances. So, um, but yeah, that is uh, that is the not the Oscars you deserve first ever. Uh, Drew Allen looks so upset that Inside won, which brings me to what are the biggest snubs from this list for you guys? Listen, I'm not gonna say that Inside doesn't deserve it, but I, I, I agree with you, Kyle. And and y'all kind of swayed me with your arguments of like it encapsulating the year, but I did vote for The Harder They Fall. I thought it was snubbed. I guess The uh, the Harder They Fall is going to join Eternals and WALL-E for <laughs> the movies that really deserve to win, but got outvoted by um, two of the three hosts, and I'm not going to say which two. They'll remain unnamed. <laughs> But uh, my followers at home, you know who I'm talking about. We're going to start an uprise. Um, I think Zazie Beats beating out Jennifer Lawrence uh, for Best Lead Actress. Uh, that's an upset for me because I really liked J-Law and Don't Look Up. And that Zazie Beats was really good too. But mm. I thought J-Law was awesome in Don't Look Up. Crawford, did you have any snubs in your opinion? 
Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, on the same category, I don't think Rebecca Ferguson got enough love for Best Actress. For uh, Dune. Yeah. For Dune. She was, she was great. Uh, Dune is a... It's a hard movie, I think, for, for viewers, and sometimes because it's a book, so some people are like, oh, it needs to be you know, mm. exactly how I imagine it. Also, there was a movie that came out decades ago, and people were like, it kind of sucked. Uh, also, the movie only covers a third of the first book. Like, that's how right. thick the books are. It doesn't give you the full picture. Uh, but Rebecca Ferguson did a really good job, and, and the whole movie does a really good job of taking this whole giant galaxy and introducing you to part of it, and, but not explaining all of it as you go. They're just like, we're going to like drop a little tidbit here, and then you'll figure it out, viewer. We, we believe in you. And Rebecca Ferguson does a great job of being dynamic yet subtle in the way she acts, that she is very uh, captivating as you watch uh, without dominating any one particular moment. Uh, but as you get through the end, you're very, very uh, tied to her character. And I thought that that was a, a great job on her part. That is the one... I wish I had gotten a chance to see Dune before it got off HBO Max. Because um, I was looking for it this past weekend and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, that's one that I really wish I would gotten a chance to see before we did this. Because I would like to know what the buzz is about. Um, I also would like to see No Time to Die at some point. Maybe. No, nah, never mind. I yeah. Hey, you know what? Okay, here's the deal. I know, like, it's... Okay, it's James Bond. We all know James Bond. But here's the deal. The reason I nominated it for Best Actor was because he brought about the end of an era... And yeah. he did it with style and grace and uh, some subtlety in the way that he acted. It, yes, there was always a little bit of the brash winking, hey, I'm James Bond and I'm cool and I'm going to drink a martini and like have a cool one-liner. Yeah, that's going to happen. But it was, the, it was the other 80% of the movie where he was bringing uh, humanity to that character that really hadn't been done in a way before. So maybe I'm just a little nostalgic for it because I'm like, I love James Bond, but I thought he did the character better than it's ever been done before. And he did it in the way that came to an end of an era. And I thought it deserved to be recognized. Well, I'm glad you had a chance to do that because I don't think it was nominated for any Oscars coming up in a couple of weeks, but for not the Oscars you deserve, he at least got nominated. And you know what, Daniel Craig, I'm happy for you. Daniel, if you want an Oscar from not the Oscars you deserve, uh, let us know. Send us your, your mailing address to ntpodpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ntpodpodcast, and we will mail you a fake trophy. Thank you for joining us this week on Not the Podcast You Deserve, as we went through our Not the Oscars You Deserve. Maybe you'll catch all these movies in a couple weeks at the Oscars. Probably not. Who's to say? We'll catch you next time.